This is Bedside, a podcast series on a mission to debunk sex. I'm your host, Tatiana, and each week we'll uncover stories, ideas, routines, and expert information to help guide you on your ever-evolving journey of good sex. We believe that through democratizing sexual wellness, we can shift cultural taboos and make way for authentic and limitless access to pleasure, joy, and connection to the body. Hannah Matluck is a certified holistic health and wellness coach and the founder, producer, and host of the V-Hive podcast. The V-Hive was born as a result of Hannah's own challenges with chronic pelvic pain. After figuring out how to navigate these complicated issues, she realized how common they are and how infrequently they are discussed and was eager to bring these topics to the forefront. On this episode, Hannah shares with Bedside her journey navigating pelvic pain and her outlook on healing. We unpack the importance of pelvic therapy, how it can help vagina havers and non-vagina havers with chronic UTIs, bladder frequency, and so much more. Hannah thrives on having open conversations about taboo topics that all women should have knowledge on and access to, and her value for that shines through our conversation today. Meet my good friend, Hannah. I'm just so happy to be here and finally chatting with you. I'm so happy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So I guess for those who aren't familiar with your work, tell us who Hannah is, what is the V-Hive, and how you got started. So I've always been interested in women's health and health and wellness, and I was studying at at Parsons School of Design in college, and I was in like a business design-based program there. And I was always interested in business and I always, you know, throughout my life, like would have ideas to do random things and would like maybe try it out for a day and then it wouldn't go anywhere. Um, Whether it was like the stupidest thing or something maybe relatively interesting. But anyway, so I was at school and simultaneously I was doing this program called IIN, um, which is the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. It's like an online program that certifies you to be a health and wellness coach. And I had thought about going back to school to be a nutritionist, but I decided that I didn't really want to do that. That was like years and years more of school. So I was like, let me do this certification program. It will kind of just give me a little platform to have some credibility and perhaps enter the space of wellness, which I wanted to do, but I didn't really know how or like what angle I would take in that. Um, and... So I don't remember the exact... I don't remember if I was like... If I had graduated Parsons by now, but... Around the time I was finishing up school, I was doing this program. I was doing a lot of freelance graphic design work. Um, I lived in Brooklyn at the time, and I had a boyfriend. I was in a relationship for a few years, and I started developing all of these, like, chronic vaginal infections, like yeast infections, UTIs, bacterial vaginosis. Um, Let me backtrack. Let me say one other thing. I grew up in, like, a very health-conscious household, so, like, health was always a huge part of my life and I always was like very interested in it and I always was passionate about like eating healthy and cooking and doing all of these things but I just didn't know like I knew I wanted to do something with it but I didn't know what or how anyway so I start to develop all of these kind of chronic women's intimate health issues and we can get more into that later um but I throughout my journey of having all of this, these problems and this chronic pain and 
going from doctor to doctor to doctor and not being properly diagnosed for months and then finally getting diagnosed. And I talk a lot, so I became very close with my, I went to something called pelvic floor physical therapy. Um, I had like lots of pelvic floor issues. So I realized what was wrong, essentially. I got the right diagnosis, found the right treatment. And throughout this time, I guess I have this gift, which I'm like so open about talking about my body. Which I'm obsessed with, by the way. Thank you. Like, I love that about you. Thank you. I really, it is a gift. I'm so glad gift. that you've acknowledged that it's a gift. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> because I guess I don't, I don't, like, I didn't acknowledge it. And then I realized, I'm like, this is so hard for so many women. And I understand why. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It just is, like, a natural thing for me. And also, I actually was talking to someone yesterday, and I brought this up. So... This might have a little to do with it, but growing up, my mom was also, um, like, very into women's health, and she was a volunteer for Planned Parenthood and did, like, sex ed programs, and so I feel like it was kind of just always a part of my life, like, being open. I grew up in a very open household, so maybe that's one of the reasons why I'm, like, comfortable talking about these things. So, anyways, I was having all of this pain and these problems and these infections that weren't going away, and... I was talking about it, telling everyone, and <laughs> everyone knew, and I finally, you know, found the right doctors and physical therapists and whatever, and I became very close with them, and at the same time, I was listening to podcasts, and I just had this epiphany where I was like, no one's talking about this, so many women have it, I was seeing mutual friends in the waiting rooms, and I was like, what the hell, like, this is so common, the statistic is one in three women have some form of a pelvic health issue, um... But, like, most gynecologists don't diagnose it properly. And gynecologists are great. They serve, like, a very fundamental purpose. But it's just not something that's talked about. So I realized I was, like, I'm so passionate about this. I've been through all of it. Like, I figured out how to heal myself. I've figured out, like, what what needs to be done for most people. And so I said to my physical therapist, I was, like, I want to start a podcast on, on – at first it was about pelvic pain. And they were, like, okay – that's great like we'll be on the first few episodes so I figured out how to start a podcast which was like if I could do it you could do it because <laughs> it's literally just I was like I'm gonna order the equipment on Amazon my brother who's like super tech savvy is gonna set this up and let's see it was another one of my ideas and I remember my mom looked at me and she was like she's always been so supportive but she was like you're really gonna start a podcast I'm like I would try but anyway so I started this podcast at the time it was called the women's pelvic pain podcast and I would just every week, like, would have different practitioners in the women's pelvic pain space. So, like, different doctors and physical therapists and acupuncturists and lots of patients telling their stories. And that went on for a while. Then I changed the name shortly after to the Women's Pelvic Health Podcast. And then most recently, I rebranded the whole podcast completely. Um, and it's now called The V-Hive. Um, and the reason I did this to make a long story short was because I kind of realized that all this information is so like my goal is really to like share information about women's intimate health with women. And I was realizing that through the women's pelvic health podcast, it was only attracting women with pelvic health issues. Right. And I really wanted like all women to feel that this was a space where they could come to learn about like their bodies and not just those with you know, a diagnosed pelvic pain condition. So I thought that like rebranding it, changing the name and just making it more inclusive to all women's intimate health topics and like 
the premise would still be the same, like still bring on different practitioners and different, you know, like bring on the expertise. And I'm just from like the patient's perspective and I can ask them the questions, but they can really share the knowledge. Um, and yeah, that's where I am now. Definitely. And so tell me a little bit about your story with pelvic pain. I guess I was always like prone to infection. I would get UTIs and I would get like random yeast infections and it always was an easy thing to fix. Like I would take an antibiotic and the UTI would be gone or I would take a diflucan and the yeast infection would be gone. Um, but then something weird, when, when this all really started, something it was something weirder. Um, I, I was in this relationship. It was like, I think that it was, there's multi, it's a multifaceted problem. Mm-hmm. I think part of it could be genetic. My grandma had pelvic pain and I see, um, and a condition called vulvodynia and she, my cousin has endometriosis. So, and then I also really believe that like stress, you know, we all have a place in our body where like, if something's not right, like emotionally, like it will show up somewhere physically, whether it's like your pelvis or your back or your neck or your gut. So I was in a really stressful relationship. I really wasn't happy. And I guess this is the area of my body where shit decided to show up. So now I'm like so conscious, cognizant of like the way that I feel like in that whole area of my body when I'm in a room and now I have a boyfriend and I'm like you know most of the time I feel really good there and I'm like this is kind of like where my body tells me like what's good and what's bad which is interesting um but like you know if you have like a stressful day at work like some people be like oh my god my neck hurts or whatever mm-hmm. um anyways so I was in this relationship I started to get all these infections I was having really bad vaginal burning itching bladder urgency frequency I was going to all these gynecologists they were testing me for different infections. At first, I had, like, BV and a UTI and whatever, and I took a bunch of antibiotics, and it actually was just getting worse. So I was going to more doctors, more doctors. They were giving me topical ointments, this, that. Nothing was helping. One doctor, actually, this female gynecologist that I really did like, she was like, you should go to a pelvic floor physical therapist. And I was like, what are you talking about? That's so weird. I, that doesn't even make sense. Right. For those of you who don't know, pelvic floor physical therapy, it's actually an incredible life-saving thing. But they put their finger in your vagina and they essentially, like, trigger point massage the pelvic floor muscles, which the pelvic floor muscles control the functioning of, like, literally everything. Like, our bladder function, our bowel function, our sexual function, like, our ability to orgasm, our ability to pee and then be able to stop pee. Wow. Like our ability, like when we stand up and sit down, when we work out, when we're in like a Pilates class or yoga, like everything we do involves our pelvic floor. So there's a lot of reasons that like your pelvic floor can kind of go into like a spasm or have a problem because we're just using it so much. Um, and then, of course, when you're pregnant, like pre and postpartum, it's really important. Like a lot of, you know, that was like when that pelvic floor is like known in that world not as much known in the world like before you have babies people are like oh your pelvic floor like that's nothing but it actually really can cause like women who haven't had babies lots of problems and it's interesting because i i even beyond mm-hmm. pelvic pain and your pelvic floor i find that there is kind of this thing that when it comes to women's health people really quickly write it off they're kind of dismissive of it and it's actually like no this is this is serious and it yeah. can have an effect aside from 
like pregnancy, like totally. our destiny. You know? right. <laughs> totally. And I think, yeah, I think that's a big, that's a big point. Like, and a good point is that a lot of women like don't know what their pelvic floor is. I didn't know what it was. Right. It's like a medical term. It's we. I don't know. It just sounds weird and confusing, but it's actually, I'm just like, I mean, now I'm just trying to explain to everyone. I'm like, it's just muscles that control like really important things that your body does. And we all have them. Men have a pelvic floor too. So. What's cool is that like you went to, you kept going back to doctors. I kept going because I was, yeah. So I'll try and wrap this story up a little bit. But so I, I knew something was wrong. I kept on going to doctors. My grandma, it's interesting because there's not a lot, a lot of gynecologists in New York City who, or in the world who specialize in like chronic vulvar pain. And for me, it was so hard to associate with the word pain because I had burning and itching and bladder urgency. And I was like, I'm not in pain. I'm in like discomfort. But burning and itching is a form of pain. So I had to like kind of wrap my head around that. And finally, my grandmother, who was alive at the time, was like, "I need you need to see my gynecologist in the city who this was like six months after. I don't really know why she, she didn't say this from the beginning. But finally, she was like, you need to see my, my gynecologist. Because I was just talking about it and, like, I was like, something's so wrong. What is wrong? Like, this is crazy. I feel horrible. So you need to see my gynecologist. She specializes in female vulvar pain. So I went with my mom and my grandma. We went to the gynecologist. I told her my whole story for, like, two hours. And she immediately diagnosed me. She was like, you have pelvic floor dysfunction and vulvodynia and gave me a whole treatment plan. And I remember I was, like, so happy that she finally, like, gave me a diagnosis. But I was also, like, because she, she told me, she's like, it's going to take at least, like, four months before you feel improvement. And I was just, like, I was so such a mess. I was crying. I was, like, I can't fucking live this way for four months. Like, right. are you crazy? Like, right. what? it's so hard when, like, you're in pain to wrap your head around the fact that, like, chronic pain doesn't go away overnight. Like, it's that's why it's called, it's been there for a while. It's mm -hmm. going to take a while to go away. So tell, for those who don't know, yeah, what, what is vulvodynia? Okay. So, yeah, so vulvodynia is like this scary term that's really not scary. Vulvodynia just means vul any like any sort of vulvar issue, burning, itching, pain, tender, discomfort, like literally anything in your vulvar area that's uncomfortable is vulvodynia. Mm -hmm. And I'm in a lot of like Facebook groups about this stuff just because it's interesting for me to read every now and then and a lot of women write and they're like oh no my doctor said I may have vulvodynia or like a, it's really not like that it's like if say you had knee pain and there was a weird term for knee pain it's like a million things could cause that and a million things could treat that like yes you could have vulvodynia just that could be the easiest thing to fix like it's kind of the umbrella term remember when the doctor told me that I was like and I remember I was like calling my mom like before I was like, I'm Googling shit and I think I have this condition called vulvodynia. Like, so it sounds like it's a disease that you're going to die from. Right. It's so not that. It's like, <laughs> now I just talk about it so openly. I'm like, it's literally if you told me you had like something wrong with your foot. Yeah. And like, you had to get it. You had to go to PT or you had to like, I don't right. know what, like do something, get an injection to fix something that was swollen. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's the same thing, you know? But I think that... So it's just a term to diagnose. Right. And pelvic floor dysfunction is the same thing. It's just a term to diagnose something is wrong or something is not working with your pelvic floor muscles properly. So, like, if your muscles are way too tight, they can cause you to have, like, actually, pelvic floor muscles that are too tight can cause you to have 
vulvodynia because they can they'll cause like burning and itching and pain because like your muscles that control that part of your body are in such a spasm those symptoms like come with it mm. so i went to physical therapy and it actually resolved a lot of my issues and i did a bunch of other treatments along the way but that was probably one of the most important things tell me about what physical therapy is like all the core physical therapy i think is like the most amazing thing ever it saved my life and i became like best friends with my physical therapist i think pelvic floor physical therapy is going to become like the next biggest thing i think every woman mm. will see a pelvic floor physical therapist at some point because whether it's like they can treat so many things like when you're going through menopause women like they'll leak urine or like yeah. after you have babies you'll leak urine like Sometimes, and if your pelvic floor muscles aren't working properly, like all these things can happen. And these women are so smart and they can help with so many things. Um, the only problem is that some really aren't trained as well as others. So a lot of times, like I'll hear from women who have gone to physical therapy and they're like, oh, it didn't help me at all. Could be one of two things. It could be they didn't see a good therapist or it could be that that's not their problem, like that they don't need physical therapy. But if you see a good therapist, good physical therapist, usually like they'll be helpful in some capacity. So I always say I'm like, if someone didn't, you know, give it like two or three months, if someone's not helping you move on to another physical therapist, or like it's always good to get a recommendation from word of mouth. Or, yes. Like, even like messaging someone like me who I can try and find you, like find you a good PT that I know through my network of people. But um they put their finger inside of your vagina. Also, if someone goes to a pelvic floor PT that's not doing internal work, I'm sorry to break it to you, but that's not really going to be effective. Okay. Um, so they have to be doing internal work. And I know that that's something that probably sounds really weird to a lot of people and something that most people wouldn't be comfortable with. I think, like, the problem is that it, it may take women to be in serious pain to be willing to do that. Like, I'm very open, so I was okay with it, but I was also in so much pain that I was like, I don't care. Yeah, you're like, let's I was like, do at it. At this point, I've had so many gynecologists looking at my vagina. I was like, I don't care who puts their fingers <laughs> up there. If they're gonna make me feel better, go for it. Like, I literally whatever it takes. <laughs> and and also, I think that there's so much fear around our vaginas, yeah. and it's like this isn't scary. And and though I do have to know, I understand that touch like that can be triggering totally for an array of reasons uh so i don't want to discredit that i'm not saying it's right the right treatment for everyone like i know of i have a good friend who was on my podcast a few weeks ago who does like um yoga for the pelvic floor and she does like lots of like meditation work and she's helped a lot of people who have pelvic floor pain through the work that she does right so there's different ways to go about treating it i just it worked for me. It was one of the things that worked for me. And, and I think that if you find the right therapist, they're like very good at what they do. They cool. see women all day who have had trauma, who haven't had trauma, who are in horrible pain, who are not in horrible pain. Women of all ages, women who have had surgeries that haven't gone well. Like they see everyone. everything. Yeah. yeah. And also it's like a talk therapist. You want to get along with them. Like you want to feel comfortable with them. And I think that it could be trial and error to find the right one. If anyone this resonates with anyone listening, but, um, it's like very calm. Like I ha I was telling my boyfriend the other day, he's like so confused, but I still go like once a month just to like 
maintain yeah. the status of wellness that I feel right now. Because, <laughs> you know, we all have a little PTSD, so I'm like, if that shit comes back. So I still see my physical therapist. Um, I'm also really close with them when I like seeing them. But we just catch up for the 45 minutes, and we have like a normal conversation about life and the podcast and what work, whatever, whatever. And he's like, I don't get it. Like, she just has her finger in your vagina, and you're just talking about random stuff and I'm like yeah it's not weird like it doesn't hurt it doesn't hurt me it's not really supposed to hurt like it's not pleasurable like you're not like oh this is feeling really good like that's not the feeling it's really just like if you had a knot in your neck and someone was just massaging the the knot and getting the knot out right you know the exact muscle that's causing you pain they can like literally feel it it's really interesting and they just like it's very relaxing it's really shouldn't be painful if it's painful, then then they'll re- reassess what they're doing. They should, at least. And it's really not a big deal. Yeah. But the thing that I struggle with, like, for other women is I had a friend, quick story, I had a friend who reached out to me who just had a baby, and she was having some similar symptoms that I discussed that I've had. And I guess it was, she... We got in con- We haven't talked in a while, but she reached out to me, and I told her, I'm like, well, since you had a baby... Like, I mean, you should definitely go to a PT, like just have them built. You learn a lot about your body and like have them assess what's going on. But she wasn't comfortable doing that, I don't think. And I think partially because she's her pain isn't so bad. And I'm just like, oh, like, just go now. So it doesn't get bad. Like, deal with it now, you know, but it's Mm -hmm. really hard hard like a hard thing to tell people like I can't force someone to do it and it's yeah it's an uncomfortable thing to do at first right which I totally get so it's like how do you get women to go like early on so that they they can like kind of prevent a problem from becoming worse but it's also a really intimate thing to wrap your head around for Mm -hmm. a lot of people so it's like no I'll just wait until it gets really bad and then I have to do it right and I think like that goes back to my point earlier where like we just are culturally like really uncomfortable with our vaginas. Yeah. I have some more questions along that line, but mm-hmm. so you did this incredible episode, yeah. which touched me so much. Like I was crying. Remember I texted you yeah. about the episode that you did with your mom oh and you oh. talking about your grandma and your family's history yeah. with um, chronic pelvic pain. Yeah. And I seriously, I'll add it in the show notes, but I seriously encourage everyone to go listen to it because they feel like I just like understood your family and every, the the whole dynamic so well. And, and it was just like a beautiful story, but, and I know you touched on it earlier, but like your grandma did also struggle with chronic pain. And so I kind of, I'm curious growing up, was that you know, was there always a dialogue about that in your family? Like that, like this runs in our family right. and, or was it kind of hush hush? Like, I'm curious, like what your household dialogue was. Um, well, first, thank you, because that's really, that uh, makes me really happy to hear. And yeah, so, so that we had that, we had the idea to do the episode together because right before I started the podcast, was I think when my grandma passed away and my mom, so this is my mom's mom and I was very close with my grandma and my mom was very close with her mom and she had this idea. She was like, we should like, she's like, grandma would just be in love with what you're doing. And she, and she also was, you know, in her generation when she was having all, she had, she really suffered from a condition called IC, which is interstitial cystitis. And 
she figured out ways to manage it throughout her life and she lived an amazing life and for some people i like i see just another term some people that get diagnosed and then they figure out a way to, to deal with it and it's gone forever and some people it's a chronic condition that they don't figure out how to deal with but it, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have it forever my grandma happened to have it forever but she also had periods of her life where she was like healthy and happy and amazing and traveled the world and nothing was wrong right oh my point was she was from a generation where it was all treatment was all medicine and she wasn't you know it wasn't physical therapy it wasn't acupuncture it wasn't diet it was just you know antidepressants and pills pills and that was think of it it's like the 60s it's like 60s and no one was talking about it and she actually we talked about this in the episode like a doctor that for her really saved her life was a really well-known pain it was actually elvis's pain management elvis presley's pain management doctor in memphis wow he ran like a huge pain management clinic and he prescribed people opioids but he she felt that he was the only doctor that really understood her pain Mm. because he was this is like what he did for he really helped people with like serious chronic pain anyways so that, that was her like life was trying to figure this out and my mom had this idea she was like we should tell grandma's story like it would be really interesting she, I mean she's like I think it would be interesting and I was like I think it'd be interesting so we finally did that episode where we kind of just went through like her story and how it was for my mom growing up with the mom that had this condition and anyways and then I, I was super close to my grandma but we wouldn't really talk about like I don't, I don't know. I, I was young, so it wasn't, like, a thing we would talk about a lot. But I guess it was kind of in the back of my head always, like, I knew about this stuff. And then when I started to have these issues myself was when I was, like, every day I was on the phone with my grandma. She was like, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? And I was like, how are you feeling? Because she was older and a lot of her problems were starting to come back. And my grandpa passed away a few years before. And I think that just triggered a bad cycle of a few years for her and we became really close like we would talk about it all the time like literally every day we were on the phone how are you feeling how are you feeling how are you feeling um and we had the same doctor at the time and it was just like we were really bonding over it yeah and um i I mean yeah it was interesting and then what's also really amazing for me is i think with a lot of women who have these issues like i'm super close with my mom a lot of women it's really hard to communicate this with their family. Like, if you don't have these this problem, it's hard for someone else to understand. But my mom understands really well because her mom had a lot of this. So it's, like, so ingrained in her. She gets what I'm doing. And, like, it, she just really gets the whole thing. Right. And that's something that's been really cool for me. Um, I mean, sometimes like, I don't, I don't like, you know, I don't want her when she, when I don't feel well, she is, she's upset. And I guess that's any mom or a lot of moms, but she really understands like the work that I'm doing, the way that I, if I don't feel all the way that I feel, because like this has been in, like her mom had a lot of these issues for so long. It was her experience was her too, experience, yeah. just as much. Exactly. So I think that's something that's really interesting. I'm curious about the notion of healing. And last year for me was like a really big healing year. And there it's really multifaceted. It's like more than just like taking a pill and calling it a day. And and like you were saying, there's so many levels to it that it's working at all these different parts and pieces that actually bring kind of like this concept of wellness together and your well-being. So tell me about what healing and wellness looks like to you. Because you say you don't really struggle with 
pelvic pain as much anymore. I'm in a really good place where I'm like not suffering every day. But I think it's almost, I'm reading a really interesting book now. It's Tell called me. The Body Keeps the Score. I want to read that. Yeah, it's so <laughs> interesting. And I'm honestly not a great reader. So one of my goals this year is to become like a better reader and just read for a half hour every night. But this book is so interesting. And it's really about like trauma and PTSD and chronic pain and how even like how your body is keeping the score of what's going on. Yeah. Almost like a PTSD thing where it's like you don't really forget. And this is something I'm trying to work through now, but it's like a lot of like common things will be like, okay, but I have like, I have a lot of routines and like ways that I care. Like, so I have a boyfriend now. So like after I have sex, I use like this specific pH balancing wipe and then a pH balancing lotion. <laughs> and like, I'm like in the bathroom for like 20 minutes after like doing my whole routine routine. Cause I'm like, if I get another infection, I mean, for a lot of, a lot of causes, a main cause of infection, like vaginal infections is, post-sex post-sex and like your ph going out of whack so i like am very diligent about lots of different things yeah and, like i'm always like putting different lotions and creams that I, I obviously vet them out and like know that they work but anyways so it's kind of like i don't know it's still something that's on my mind constantly mm-hmm. which i'm trying to like maybe get out of my mind a little bit more oh, good point you brought you up know? because it's like does this stuff ever really go away or do we just get better at managing it well yeah well what's really so in this book that i just mentioned in one of like the first chapters of the book says and he's talking about um ptsd from like war veterans and so he's saying for real change to take place the body needs to learn that the danger has passed and to live in the reality of the present so i thought that was such a good quote because it's like like yes you know i can go have sex but i have been having sex with my boyfriend for eight months and I haven't gotten an infection like the danger is the danger has passed you know and yes. I thought that was such a good quote going back to the good to healing so it's I think I, as I said earlier like anything that's chronic people have to realize you know another woman I had on my podcast who who works does a lot of work um in people with people with chronic pain she uses the analogy like it took this long for your body to get into a forest like it's, you can't walk if you walk so deep into a forest you're not going to come out in a day like yeah it's going to take you just as much time to get out as it took you to get in so i think that's like the harsh reality of like having any sort of like even like, whether it's anxiety or depression like it's going to take time to get yourself out of there which you have to just come to terms with um so i think that but healing's cool because then you learn all of these different like things that could help you like I never would be interested in like Gabby Bernstein's work if, it if were, you didn't if need didn't, it if I didn't need it like you know and it's not that I need like so much self-help but it's just there's things that you could t- like I take so much from her just in terms of like dealing with challenges in life and like how to change your perspective and your mindset and like manifesting things that you want to happen in terms of business and, like there's so much that like I would never even have looked to but I mean, the, my healing started very, like, traditionally. I had a gynecologist prescribe me antidepressants because the uh, actually the main use of antidepressants more so than depression is for chronic pain. Wow. Yeah. So she prescribed me antidepressants. I have never had depression in my life. But I – and I don't – like, I'm not – I think medicine serves certain purposes and can be life-saving for people. But it wasn't something I wanted to do. But I was so desperate that I said, okay. So I, I got put on antidepressants. I went to physical therapy. 
There's something called Valium suppositories. That's really common for women with pelvic pain. It's like Valium in a suppository form that you could put up your vagina or your rectum. Um, and it kind of just goes straight to the stores instead of having to like take a pill orally. So those are like the three common treatments. And I was doing that for a while and it, it got me like I was getting better. And then I started to do more things. I started doing acupuncture and I started, uh, I'm trying, oh, and then I had a lot of gut issues and gut issues can be also very closely linked to uh, like pelvic pain, which is weird because mm. if our microbiome is like our vagina has a has a microbiome and it's very closely so related to our gut microbiome. So like if we have gut issues, our pH and like our vaginal health is probably not doing so well. So I was constantly bloated and constipated and having all these gut issues. And I think a lot of that was from antibi- all the antibiotics I had been taking um, and probably stress and just other things. So I went to a functional medicine doctor and I spent a long time fixing my gut. I had candida overgrowth and SIBO, which is like a gut bacteria issue. And so I was becoming really interested in gut health, learning all about that. And it was like a jerk. It was like years. Like, yeah, it was a really long time. Like, and and I feel really fortunate that I was like in school and I, I, I have my parents health insurance and like I was able to do this, which I know is a huge problem. A lot of women with these issues like aren't able to. And right. It's like, how do we fix that? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, you know, like having these podcasts where we just talk about it is one step in the right direction. Completely. Yeah. And and what's interesting is like you're it's like almost what I'm almost hearing is that from this pain, you have come so far into learning about yourself that I'm sure you like probably wouldn't want to change a thing. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. I was. Yeah. Oh, or what were you I thought you were going to say that I wouldn't have learned otherwise. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. No, you're totally right. It's like, you know, yeah, I've learned so much. And like, I kind of also have realized that like everyone has something Mm -hmm. like, like, not that I wish that, but like everyone at some point has something in their life that they're going to have to deal with. And they're going to have to face face and like go through. So like, whatever, this was my thing. And yeah, it sucks sometimes, but I'm learning so much. Like I'm helping mm-hmm. other women. I feel good. Most days I feel good once in a while. Like I still have this bladder urgency problem that I'm trying to figure out. That's the one thing I haven't fully resolved. I just feel like I have to go to the bathroom all the time, but I'll figure it out one way or another. <laughs> I know I will. Work in progress. Work in progress. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like with what, when people get like, once you start getting into like healing, um, it's like you kind of can't stop because then you're like now I'm becoming much more interested in like emotional, mental, mind, body medicine. Yes. And like I'm so I pay such close attention to like what I put my energy into and like you know I I have an argumentative side to me and like defensive side and like I've, I'm working on letting all of that go and like really realizing like and I think I brought this up before but even my boyfriend now is like so calm and sweet and like he's amazing but it's like it's I feel like very like calm when I'm around him and I'm like that feeling is so important because like being with someone all the time that like triggers anxiety and like makes your body tense up is I had that for so long and it it actually causes physical problems Mm -hmm. like it really does like you need to surround but even if it's not even a boyfriend even if it's friends or family or coworkers, like yes you need to surround yourself with people 
that like keep your cortisol levels low. Like, it's really important. And, it's, and like it shows up in your body. As we're wrapping up here, I want to know what is one thing that you want your listeners to take away from your show? Like if you could give someone one thing, if what like your mission here, like what are you here to serve and do and give? So I would say that my mission is, and it's honestly, it's probably really similar to your mission is like having this platform where you, I may, I have a new slogan that's you thought about it. We talk about it. So it's like all of the things that we all women always thought about their bodies that we're too afraid to talk about. Like, let's talk about it. Like we all have the same parts that work essentially the same way. And we want to feel the same way and do the same things. And it's like, Let's talk about it, you Let's know? Talk about it. And if whether that means like getting someone out of chronic pain or just sparking a conversation or an idea or like just helping other women to like feel their best and know that like these conversations are okay to have and we actually really should have them. And I think it's like as I said, it's really similar to your mission. It's just having these conversations, like educating women, whether it's about sex ed or or chronic pain or whatever it is like it's normalizing intimate health in general sex yeah it's just normalizing the conversation and along the way hoping that you're making a difference in other people's lives i love that <laughs> hannah your work is incredible so is i'm so i could talk to you forever I yeah like, i know i know we are like soul sisters i feel like i could seriously talk to you for hours longer <laughs> uh, before we hit record we were talking about <laughs> potentially going to Oprah's Super Soul together, but we were like, tickets are so expensive. Um, But you're incredible. Your work is so incredible. I can't wait for our listeners to just like dive into the V-High. I'm so grateful that you wanted me to be on here. Yeah, of course. So where can we connect with you online? Okay, online. So you can listen to my podcast, which is called The V-Hive, and it's available on all streaming platforms. And then you can follow us on Instagram, which is at the V-Hive with an underscore at the end. Um, and what else? The website, uh, thevhive.com. You can also email us info at thevhive.com. And one other quick plug that I'm going to make for myself is I created a Patreon recently that has, for those of you who don't know what Patreon is, it's like a tiered subscription like membership platform where you can pay monthly and receive additional exclusive benefits so i just created a patreon you can go to patreon.com backslash backslash the beehive and i'm doing cool like private monthly events and monthly ebooks and just like fun additional content that people can get um so you could check that out and i think that's it Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And guys, go check out her Patreon. Like supporting small podcasts and uh, yeah, women led businesses is just like really important. And you'll also, her, Hannah's content is incredible. So, and it's like, and I know she's thinks. doing, you're doing a gut guide. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that was like your, for the Patreon? Um, or in that's general? Actually gonna be, yeah. In general, it's going to be separate. But I'm, ma- I'm creating like a 30 day, um, like women's health reset meal meal plan like health ebook thing love that um i just realized that it's so it's something that so many women are interested in and could help them and i've like been through it all and i have all this knowledge so why not just create something that is like easy and cheap and can like women can can use to just hold them accountable and yeah also my last thing is like it's all really accessible so like you know the patreon is like three dollars a month five dollars a month the ebook's probably going to be like 
I don't, not a lot. It's going to be like under $10. So I want these to be things that like women can do at a very cost effect in a cost effective way. I so, love that. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for all that you do too. Thanks Hannah. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm happy you started the podcast. Yeah, me too. Thank you for listening to the Bedside Podcast. If you liked this episode and want to follow along with similar stories and interviews, be sure to check out our Instagram at The Bedside and thebedside.co online. Make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and of course, share with your friends. It's the best way you can support us and our good sex mission. Thank you for listening.